If you master this, you will become really good at listings. Do you want to become a $500,000 agent, I'll go through what it takes to do that. And I call this the three scenarios that are going to play out in the first 10 days or two weeks. The number one mistake that agents make is they allow their sellers to create stories. Joe Moretti. Jason Samard. Man, I'm ready to just get, get right at it today. Let's get right at it, man. Let's get right at it. I don't know what episode this is, but this is the episode that you need to get your pen and paper out. I'm going to teach you guys some seller game today that is absolutely going to make everything better in your business. You will become a listing agent. Get your notepad and paper out for the two people that, that subscribe to our channel. This is what you guys need to hear. You're going to get value all over that face. Absolutely. So, so here's the other thing. The title of the podcast. Let me just tell you something. Yesterday's price is not today's price. What's the price on this podcast? The price on this, this is the $250,000 episode. snap. This is the quarter million dollar episode wow. that you need in your business. You need to learn this, okay? So many of you have developed some bad habits over the years because you came up in a rising market. When the market has shifted and things start turning, this is where many of you lose opportunities. And strong agents are getting second and third opportunities on listings. We're seeing it all the time. We're getting a lot of calls. I'm going to teach you guys a bulletproof process that we use that has absolutely changed the game, allows me to take an agent from scratch and allows them to manage the process on a listing and get it sold so that you don't lose the paycheck to somebody else, okay? So hit it. Let's go. All right. So the very first thing that you guys need to do when you meet with a seller and you're getting a listing signed, this is critical. There's a conversation that you're going to have with those sellers and I call this the three scenarios that are going to play out in the first 10 days or two weeks, depending whether it's a seller's market, a balanced market or a buyer's market. It sort of depends when I'm going to set the first meeting for. Okay. Okay. So Joe, pretend to be a seller here. Okay. Hold on. Work let, with me. Let me just, let me just get into character. By the way, cool. this episode sponsored by Starbucks. Thank you, Starbucks. It we sure really is. Thank you. you so much. We actually had to pay for the sponsorship by buying <laughs> these coffees today. This is a paid advertisement. In, <laughs> yeah. in other words, we paid. Yeah. It's literally paid advertisement on our part. Uh, okay. So, Joe, there's three scenarios that are going to play out now that your house is hitting the market, okay? Okay, hit me. Scenario number one is in the first 10 days, we receive an offer or we get multiple offers. That means that our marketing was on plan, the condition of the home, everything we did was exactly right, okay? That's the best case scenario. Scenario number two that could play out though is we get six or more showings in that first 10 days, Joe, and we don't get any offers. That's generally a clear indication from the market that we did miss the mark on price. Now, scenario number three that's going to play out is we have hardly any showings at all in the first 10 days, and that's a definitive. Definitely, we missed the mark on price. Either way, if scenario number two or three plays out, in 10 days from now, we are going to get together, and we're going to review everything, and then we'll make it a, an adjustment to the price at that point, okay? What I'm going to do in the meantime, though, is I'm going to set you up on what we call a private client search, Okay. This is an opportunity for you to see all the listings that match your current home on the market. These are all your competitors. These are all the similar homes that buyers would be looking at. It's important you know who's price reduced, who's sold, who's hit the market, okay? You're going to get this updated every day so you know as much about what's going on in the marketplace around your home as I do, okay? This is really critical that you pay attention to that. When we get showings, I'm going to follow up with every single agent who showed the property and I'm going to solicit feedback. Now, I can tell you this, not every agent's going to give feedback, and I do follow up several times, 
But I'd say if we can get 75% of the agents that show your home to give us feedback, that's going to give us some really important information that as a, as a team that we can review throughout the process. So I just want you to know, I'm never going to be sitting on my hands. I'm always going to be following up and soliciting that feedback. Okay. This is how you set up the first conversation for, for price adjustments. What you're doing by using the strategies, you're also keeping your sellers in a rational state of thinking. The number one mistake that agents make is they allow their sellers to create stories by not providing data and information. When they create stories, they're doing that in an emotional state, right? Well, my neighbor sold for this much or this happened, right? By me keeping it very fact-based, it's going to allow my sellers to see exactly what's going on with their home. So when I have that conversation in 10 days and we've had 10 showings and no offers, I'll have enough evidence to support that we missed the mark on price and we'll need to make an adjustment. It's an easy conversation because it's logical at that point. See, most of you set no parameters with your, your sellers. You don't even set them up on a search so they can see what's happening. And then what happens is you're having a conversation with them and you say, hey, we should look at the price. Well, they get defensive. They get in a tug of war with you. Provide evidence. That's your job and support that evidence. If you ran an open house that weekend and you had six people through, that's six more people that you can add to the evidence. So if I had a total of six book showings and I had six people through, hey, you know what, Joe? We've had 12 people through your doors in the last 10 days and we haven't had any offers. This is a pretty clear indication from the market that we likely have missed the mark on price. And as you can see, where we rank in the market versus your competitors, there's been two listings that have recently hit the market that were priced lower than us that are now setting the standard in benchmark in our category, right? This is a, a super important tip. Okay. Questions? I do have a question. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah, but you know what, Jay? That's all fine and dandy, but still... Eight ninety nine is what I need for this house. Right now, you're telling me seven forty nine is the max. I need more than that. Okay, so Joe, here's the I'm deal. I'm stuck on it. I get it. Eight hundred ninety nine thousand is what you'd like to get for the home. As you're sitting here looking at the evidence with me, the market is telling us that seven forty nine is the price for your home. So there's a huge gap between where you are and where the market is. I'm on your side here, Joe. Anything I can do to help put more money in your pocket, that's of course what I do. At the end of the day, though, there's something I want you to think about, okay? I've never had demand from a buyer ever, and I've been doing this for, for eight years now. We've sold thousands of homes. Not one time has a buyer said, I'm looking for overpriced homes, homes that are above market value and pricing. It's never happened, ever. Thousands. So as a seller, it's, it's obvious that you're going to be biased, okay? Don't take that the wrong way. It's just, it's just the way it is, right? Most sellers think that their home is worth at least 5% more because they're optimistic. They want to get more money. But by overpricing your home, Joe, all you're doing is you're eroding your perception of value. See, what's going to happen is your house is going to sit on the market. And the longer it sits on the market, two things are going to happen. Your buyers are going to think that there's something wrong with this home immediately. So they're going to stigmatize it. Second thing that's going to start happening is people are going to think that this is not a good purchase because nobody's bought it. So they're, like, this must not be a good buy. And the reality of it is, I know this and other realtors might know this, but the clients won't, is that they just, you just overpriced it from the beginning and you left it out there for too long. My job is to protect your perception of value, which means I cannot allow your home to just sit on the market for 80 days, 100 days, 120 days overpriced because all it's going to do is kill your perception of value, which makes it near impossible for you to get it sold at even the high point of what your home's worth. Okay. So Joe, here's the deal. Okay. Would you be opposed 
to us compromising. No, that, that, yeah, that's fine. What are you thinking? Okay. Let's price your home. Like we could test the market at say $7.99 for 10 days. Okay. If in 10 days we get the evidence from the market that, you know, there's, we're not getting any showings or we're just too high priced that you're going to agree to price your home exactly where it needs to be, which is the fair market value pricing of $7.49. We're early enough in the process that I won't have damaged your perception of value. If you're willing to work with me, I will test the market. I will put everything I can behind it. I will support it with amazing marketing, everything that I do exceptionally well, Joe. But you have to trust my professionalism here, right? You can see the same information that I'm looking at. So you can see that there are other homes on the market that buyers will see as better value, which is going to go against us, okay? I'm willing to do that with you if you're willing to compromise. Yeah, for t- I mean, for, for, for 10 days, I think we can do that. Okay. At the 10-day mark, though, I want to make sure we're on the same page is that we are going to get this priced in the sweet spot of fair market value, which is seven forty nine. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So that's how you'd handle that. In some some cases, guys, it's still worth getting the listing if you can get them to price it where it makes sense. Create parameters and then go through your three scenarios. This is where I'd go back through the three scenarios. I'm going to provide evidence just because a seller says, "Well, I'm not selling for a penny less," guys. If you know their motivations, you know their whys and the reasons that they're selling in the first place then don't worry about it. Just follow the process. Your job is to logically give them evidence and keep showing them that you're doing everything possible. Okay. Now, one thing that you need to do every single week with your sellers is you need to have a conversation with them on the phone. So I used to pick Fridays. Fridays was my day in the afternoon. I would call every one of my sellers. Even if I didn't have any showings that week, I would have an emailed report sent to the sellers of everything that's gone on with the home. I would put my thoughts but more importantly, everything that I did that week. So if I called 25 agents, if I emailed it to 250 people in my database, if I ran an open house the weekend before, I was putting a summary of all those things in that email and then I would follow up with a phone call. Even if you have no showings, call your sellers. Have a conversation with them. Again, let them know what's going on in the market, what's going on out there, how you followed up with other listings, how you've called people in your database, right? Just Make sure that you never allow your sellers to sit there and wonder what's going on. You should be communicating them with them at least every two, three days. That's text messages as well, but have at least one weekly conversation, okay? That's the secret to managing listings for a longer period of time because not always is the market going to be hot. Sometimes you may have to carry listings for three months, six months, right? And the longer you have to carry a listing, the more communication and touches you're going to want to do and you just manage the system and the process. Okay. Questions? Pretty straightforward, man. I, I really think it is. And I think managing the process is, is something that most agents don't do well. They almost let the process manage them. Right. And there really is no structure in place. Now, we actually have an amazing templated email that goes out as well. Mm-hmm. And it actually breaks down all the activity, outlines everything that you've done in the week to help support that seller. So I'll tell you, if anybody wants a copy of our template, I'll tell you what, let's put it out there. Yeah. Hit us up, info at simscoachingsystems.com, and we'll make sure you have a copy of our weekly touch base because I think so many times sellers are left wondering, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and never let them, because I'll tell you this, if a seller's thinking what's going on, right, or if you're thinking like, oh, I haven't talked to the seller, they've thought it 10 times. I probably, I probably three or four days before. Yeah. So constant communication, I think, is absolutely clutch. Also controlling the narrative. Right, because in some cases when there's no news coming in, people start formulating these like worst case scenarios or 
you know, their minds wander because they don't know the market as well as you do. They don't know who you've talked to or what you've done. So again, constant, constant contact and controlling that narrative. So always, always guys, I'm telling you some of the best relationships that I have are with sellers where it did take some time to get their home sold, right? They had a property that maybe was a little harder to sell because of the market segment. It was a slower period, but I stayed the process and I never deviated from it. And guys, you will protect your commissions. In some cases, your paychecks have been delayed six months, eight months, 12 months. You want to protect that at all costs. And this is why having a process that you follow. And listen, so I'm going to tell you this. So I do the three scenarios, right, at the Mm -hmm. 10-day mark, let's just say. Then what happens is I set the scenario again with the seller. So, hey, you know what? With this new price that we're adjusting to, three scenarios are going to play out over the next two weeks. I'm going to run it for two weeks now, okay? My goal is at least to have two to three showings a week. That's the goal that I want to have, Joe. So three scenarios are going to play out. Obviously, scenario number one, which is the ideal scenario, is we found the sweet spot for your home now. Maybe some of the people that have seen it see the price now and say, yes, this house is Mm -hmm. good value and we get them off the fence and we get an offer, okay? We're still early enough in the process where we can get good value here. Scenario number two that could play out is we're averaging two, three plus showings a week and we don't get any offers. That, again, is a clear indication for the market that we need to sit down and evaluate what's going on and why that is. Okay, and we might have to have another price adjustment conversation at that point. It's all based on the information we get from the market. Scenario number three, Joe, is we get no showings at all, which means like this price adjustment really didn't find the sweet spot. Again, we have to all analyze what is going on in the market at that point, and does it make sense for us to have another price adjustment conversation? We're going to meet again in person here at the two-week mark. Okay, we're doing everything we can. As you can see, we're following up. We're doing the process like this works. It's just a matter of us continually testing the market and and getting the feedback. I will do two price adjustments before I consider taking the property off the market for about a week to two weeks. Some cases, it may be three weeks, give it a breather and then come back fresh to the market. Now, some of you don't have the ability But most boards across North America, you can do that. You can take it off the market. Again, what I'm trying to do is protect your days on market. For example, if I have your listing, Joe, and I list it in June, okay, and it's like we're getting into August, middle of August, and we don't have any offers, we haven't moved it, I'm probably going to suggest that we take it off the market for like three weeks and come back second week of September where it's like we know that that's Mm -hmm. the second spring market. Instead of you just accumulating a whole bunch of days, let's take it off the market, give it a breather. Christmas time can be a, another opportunity, right? So like you're getting close to say December 15th, 20th, and you're not really seeing the activity. Let's give it a breather. Maybe let's come back the second, third week of January or the first week of February and come back fresh to the market, right? Sometimes it's just about timing. If there's no buyers in the marketplace, just sitting there and just accumulating a whole bunch of days on market is only eroding your perception of value and your, your price. Kiss of death, right? When sellers walk through the home, other than how much is it, what's the first question they ask? How long has it been on the market? Exactly. Every single person does it. And if you're an agent who, who's thinking that's not the case, well, it, it, it is. Mm-hmm. Everybody's thinking it. Yeah. So I hope these strategies are helpful. This is stuff that like if you master this, you will become really good at listings, right? There's a whole bunch more complex stuff that we really get into in our academies and things that we work with. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to hit some value to the audience today. Um, now, another key thing that's important with sellers is don't always take what they say literally, okay? If they say, oh, I'm not budging on that price, okay? (laughs) Every seller is going to say that. The reason being is it's a commission-based industry. 
they're afraid that if they tell you their true motivations, that you're going to try and undersell the home, right? Because that because of the fact that there's a commission incentive for you. So you have to understand that the trust gets built. And even if they give you the listing and they trust you, they're still going to be guarded and a little bit cautious. And you just need to work your process and your system to provide them the evidence to make the right decisions. So just because somebody says, oh, I'm not budging from 800000 doesn't mean that that house isn't going to be sold at 700000 if that's the true value of the home, as long as the motivators are there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, guys, I've, I was selling 125 listings every year in production myself. I've had enough conversations with sellers to know this because I've followed these processes. Even hardest sellers, the ones you think there's no way, I promise you, logic over time consistently will get them there. Love it. It works. The market is the market. At the end of the day, Joe, it's you and I against the market. I never mm-hmm. put myself where it's me versus the client. I always use language like it's you and I together tackling the market. It's always us. We're working together as a team, right? Yeah, take that target and put it put it somewhere else. Focus it, on man. the market. So I got I got one question. Sure. So next week, will it be the $500,000 podcast? Man, I'd love to get in some... Fi- I'd love to give you guys some $500,000 things you can do. You want to become a $500,000 agent. I'll go through what it takes to do that. Some of you are going to be like, there's no way. Guess what? We're going to do it next Next week, week, baby. Let's do it. Let's just (laughs) keep growing this. But here's some $250,000 tips, how to manage listings. Here's another cool thing. If you want to get more listings, guys, get really good at setting up your clients for referrals. This is something that everybody butchers. I'm going to teach you guys strategic gifting right now. This is one of my favorite things. Bonus. I'm going to give you a bonus because we said $250,000. I'm going to give it to you right now. When you get your next listing, what I want you to do is have a gift sent to the client within 24 hours of you signing that listing. Have a beautiful gratitude card that just says something along the lines, Joe, I just want to thank you and or Joe and Jen. I want to thank you both for the opportunity to represent you. Like I want you to know I will not cut a single corner. Nobody's going to work and fight harder to get you guys the top dollar that they can for your home and help represent your best interests than me. And I don't take that lightly and I just want you to know how much I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Beautiful gift, 50 to $250 budget on this. Don't cheap out. Get a really thoughtful, nice gift that they would be like, wow. This is before you even hit the market with Mm -hmm. the home, okay? Then what I want you to do is from the meeting, from when you sign the listing, set a launch call the day before that you're about to go live. Set a launch call with the decision makers. And I'm gonna role play with it, what that sounds like and we have a script that you guys can get as well. Joe, you up for this? I got it, let's go. All right, so <clears throat> Joe, I'm just gonna pretend it's just you in this case for this role play. So Joe, now that your house is hitting the market, you're gonna be having a lot of real estate conversations with your friends, your family members and your colleagues. This happens every single time. Okay, they're going to start telling you all about their real estate needs and things that they're looking to do. I want you to know that my objective is to always, always make sure you look really good anytime you introduce me to those friends and family members. I'll never pester them and I'll always make sure that at worst case scenario, they get an amazing second opinion that helps them make a smart decision, right? It's important you know that I always want you to really look good in this process. The easiest way to make this introduction is a simple text or an email introduction, Okay. Again, I'll never, ever pester your people and I'll always look to just give some great value. As I'm saying this right now, Joe, is there anybody that you can think of right now who could really benefit from a second opinion? 
Yeah, not so much, but I know as we're going through, like I've been talking about it at work a little bit and people have kind of been raising eyebrows. So I'm sure someone's going to come out of the woodwork. Awesome. Well, that mean the world to me. Again, sure. I'm going to always go above and beyond for you guys, of course, but anybody that you introduce me to and you'll always look good in the process. So thank you so much. Sounds good. Set that up. That's called priming their receptors, right? And uh, there's human nature to this. You've strategically gifted them. Now there's some sort of reciprocity. As humans, when somebody does something really thoughtful for you, you're, you're, you want to pay it mm-hmm. forward, right? That's something that you want to do. You go through a drive through and somebody pays for your order. Naturally, you're going to pay for the order behind you. Well, again, if somebody does something, they're going to want to pay you back. Well, the best way now is I've set them up to look for these opportunities. So when these conversations are happening, they're already heightened and they know how to make the recommendation. They already understand that they, oh yeah, I got to get Joe uh, a referral because he's been so good to us. And you do this and you're going to see a 25 to 50% referral rate every time you do business. And this is key if you just do it consistently every single time and make it part of your process. In fact, you could have that conversation with anybody, anybody that you're having in your sphere, right? They're like, oh no, everything's good for me right now. We're not doing anything. Hey, no worries, Paige. I just want you to know you're probably having conversations with friends and family members who are kind of like unsure how to navigate the complexities of our real estate market. And I just want you to know. It would mean a lot to me if, if you would consider recommending my, me to them so that I can at least give them a really good, valid second opinion so that they can know how to navigate the market. I'll never, I'll never pester them and I'll always make sure you look really good, Paige. Like, that's really important that you know that. Easiest way to make the introduction is just a simple text or an email introduction. By the way, as I'm saying this, is there anybody that comes to mind you can think of that I might be able to give a second opinion to? Boom. Just do that. I can, you can set that up with anybody that you talk to. It's so powerful. And all of a sudden now they're heightened. Mm-hmm. Give you an example. If I asked you this question right now, Joe, today on the way to work, how many blue cars did you see out there? I don't know. Maybe a couple. I, but I also have no idea. You have no idea? <clears throat> I have no idea. Okay. So if I said, hey, I'll give you $25 for every blue car that you see today when 12. you drive home. Will you count every 12. single one of them? That'd be 12. Yeah. You'll be looking at every single blue for car. For sure. And you'll count them, right? Because now you're heightened to it. That's what the, the res- like setting up referral receptors does, is it heightens them to look for these opportunities. And now when they hear them, they're like, oh yeah, I got I to gotta send it to Jason. And it's amazing. Like you've literally set this in their subconscious. Now you have walking advocates for you. And these are people that had you not done that, wouldn't have had the conversation mm-hmm. to take it a step further. This stuff works. Like I said, this is the $250,000 episode. Like if you want to add that type of level of GCI, you do this stuff consistently with blind faith. Trust us. We've already beta tested this, right? Eight years in a row, we've done seven figures. Eight years. We know our stuff, guys. Trust us. Like when we teach this, it works. It's just so many of you are going to get in your head about it or, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Well, mm-hmm. if you want to learn how to get comfortable with this type of stuff, Check out our academies. Practice. Check out our, our practice sessions. We do skill practice five days a week, right? We do them in one-on-one sessions and we do it in group-based. Mm-hmm. So you can choose the formats that you're most comfortable in. But ultimately, if you want to learn how to drill these conversations the way I can just recite them in this podcast, it's through repetition and practice. And we set that in our high-performance method. This is what we do. Love it. Thoughts? Final thoughts? You know what? I I, I was kind of worried that this podcast was stalled out at like $189,000, but I'm glad that last little referral piece popped us over that 250 mark. So I'm good. My my internal audit system is good to go. And and it's funny, you know, even if somebody just implements one of these pieces in their business, they're going to see that return. Just one piece. Because I think sometimes people listen to what we're talking about and they go, oh, it's too much. I, I can't do all that. Like, oh, geez. But, you know, just take one piece away. There's one nugget that you took away. 
you know, for me, I would say have that listing process down pat, have that down pat, right? How many, how, how much money are people bleeding by not having that down? I don't even know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't practice their skills. It's yeah, it's an inter- interesting concept. I think it's a lot of it's out of fear. Mm. Like just, I, I practice all my clients. Like I, I, it's almost like a fear of feedback I found. You know, it's so funny. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, I don't, I don't do scripts. And you want to, you want to know the truth? Yeah. This individual, a lot of the scripts that we teach are built around the scripts that he follows. <laughs> he follows these scripts, right? But he's like, oh, I don't do scripts. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You're just, that's just your way of saying like, I don't want to have to make myself uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Here, at the end of the day, the greats of any sport, every single one of them practices their skills. There's no such thing as growing and improving without practicing. And if you're practicing on clients with things that you've never worked on before, you're going to make mistakes and not know it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to improve, get in, get in our practice sessions, right? Or find a room that you can go and spend some time developing those skills. I practice my skills. I've been out of production for four and a half years and I still practice my skills five days a week consistently to stay sharp so that I know that I can go into any market and I could go and I could perform. I could go create a pipeline today if I needed to. Right? I have my skills so sharp that I can step right in and do it. I got to be able to teach other people how to do that. It's really important. And it comes through just repetition and practice. Love it, pal. All right, man. Hey, hey. listen, appreciate you. Appreciate Guys, you too. make sure you subscribe, comment. If there's stuff that you'd like to hear from us, you want to grow, you want to get better at this industry, this is what we do. So make sure you're sending us some comments, some DMs, and we'll help you out. Love it. All right. Until cool. next time. Cheers. Cheers.